0: Hungry Trilobite Podcast would like to acknowledge conventions such as Wheedencon WeedonCon is a fan-generated charity event for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, Firefly, and all Joss Whedon creations. It is scheduled for October of 2020 and is held in Los Angeles, California. A portion of the proceeds benefit the Los Angeles LGBT Center as well as the Ron Glass Memorial Scholarship. See details at WeedonCon.com. Welcome to today's episode of the Hungry Trilobite Podcast. My name is Aaron Bossig, and I'm going to be your host. Today, we have a great discussion on entrepreneurship and acting from actor Eric James Morris. Let's get started. On mic
1: today, we have Eric Morris. How are you doing this fine morning, sir?
2: Doing good, Aaron. How about yourself?
1: I am doing fantastic. I'm glad to have you here Um, I'm looking over your body of work and I I hate to start off on this note, but I don't think I've seen anything you've been in. I'll be very honest with you there. (laughs) Well,
2: that's not the first time I've heard this. Well, it's okay. uh,
1: But what I'm really struck by is you have a huge body of work as far as you've been in short films, you've been in independent film. I love that stuff. But you had a heck of a lot of accomplishments before even setting foot on a movie set.
2: (laughs) Well, um... I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you've uh, been a
1: musician, you've uh, been an entrepreneur. That's, and I love people who have a huge talent stack.
2: Yeah. Well, um, I've been very blessed, man, for sure. I just, um, you know, I've I've always been a musician since I was a little kid. I started playing guitar when I was about 12 years old. And um, I remember the first time I got up on stage was in junior high school for a talent show. And I played Mm -hmm. this song, A Wild Thing, and sang it, and everybody laughed, but they liked it, and, and ever since then, I just had a love for, uh, performing. And then I discovered acting later in life, you know, but, mm-hmm. uh, but, but yeah, yeah, I've always been, uh, kind of an entrepreneur, self employed type guy. I, I did have a career for a few years. Well, many years actually doing a, a commercial construction, a heavy, uh, heavy, high rise building, uh, water treatment plant stuff like that. I actually was a field engineer and, um, I didn't go to college. It's just something I was happy to be really good at, just doing all the layout uh, for whatever reason. I worked with a few guys early on and I got really good at it. And um, I had guys that went to that had college degrees. It worked for me. Uh, But I got out of that because I don't really make a good employee. (laughs) So uh, Mm -hmm. I uh, started my own company, had a rare opportunity uh, in a franchise with a partnership. And that gave me the confidence to step away from a good job uh, that was back when the economy was just starting to kind of tank in the mid 2000s, 2007ish timeframe. And if it wouldn't have been for that, I would have just stayed with my career choice, which was a uh, good job. You know, making eighty, ninety thousand dollars a year, company truck. I mm-hmm. uh, had you know a good job. So, but I was married to those jobs, and I couldn't stand it. And like I said, I just don't make a very good employee. So, I um, stepped away and got started the franchise, which was not really what I recommend, but it was good to teach me how to be a business owner. Mm-hmm. And after about five years of that, uh, I stepped away from that. I just gave it all to my partner and I started my own company. It's not doing the same thing that we did in the franchise. I mean, you're not even supposed to do that anyways, but um, yeah, we just started from the ground up and every year we've grown and uh, we're just, we're steady growing now. So it's, it's been good. It's been rough. I mean, being self-employed is, uh, you know, it's tough, but people think they have a security and a job, but you really don't. No, you opinion. don't. Yeah, you're more secure if you're self-employed, in my opinion, because you can make your own
1: future. That's a really interesting point, and it's something I probably should ask because you, you're probably the pers- perfect person to ask. Um, in the YouTube and podcast uh, fields, it, it's, it's very new, but there's this mentality that the sooner you can quit your day job, the better off you are. How would you respond to those people?
2: The sooner you can quit your day job mm-hmm. as a podcaster or a mm-hmm. uh,
1: YouTuber, either.
2: Oh man. You know, there was a it's like anything. I guess when something's kind of new and revolutionary, there's a lot of people that find great success doing it. And not to say you cannot do it now, but mm-hmm. so many people are doing these uh, their YouTube channels trying to get paid through YouTube mm-hmm. uh, or these other uh, TikTok and these other uh, – trying to have this looking for this internet fame. Uh, there's so many out there, and there's some people that I watch myself. You know, I enjoy their channel, but it's stuff that I'm into. You know, um, but it's pretty diluted. Uh, there's so, you know, there's so many. So if you're going to do that, you better have a good niche, something that really separates you from the crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last thing we need is just another YouTuber that talks about video games. I mean,
1: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> you talk about. <laughs> You know something that you know, so i mean if you're going to do that we need to talk about a video game that's not even out there like a whole new type of video game that's, mm-hmm. something that's unheard of i mean stuff like that there's anything that's revolutionary because in the technology field it's just a different ball game it moves so fast you know, i mean uh, I, i'm not in that field thankfully i mean I, I could never keep up you know i mean so uh, my business is actually a service business we do uh, waterproofing foundation repairs so
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, you know, every business is really the same uh, when you see either you're providing a service or a product. So, you know, it's really the model's is the same. It's just a little delivered a little different. So no YouTube channel, same way, you're delivering a service.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, the service is providing information and entertaining uh, your viewers at the same time. So I would say, yeah, go for it if you're young and you don't have a family uh, because it's probably going to be a long time before you make any money. And I can say that about most businesses, but. Um, I, I got lucky and I did, I started, became self-employed later in life. You know, uh, when I was younger, I did, I was self-employed. I had a little handyman business and, uh, it was funny. I was back when cell phones first came out and man, I couldn't keep up and I was trying to do everything myself. And I uh, just, I, I could have done much better than I did if I took it a little more serious and hired some people, <laughs> but I was trying to do everything myself and, um, it got to where I was just. I just couldn't keep up, man. I didn't want to answer my phone, so I learned my lesson from that. But I, I got married young, and I had a family, and I had to get serious. So I had to get a real job. So that's what I did. I had to do something because I had to take care of them, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. It
2: was a little risky, and you know, really, nobody taught me really that, how to be an entrepreneur. My dad wasn't. Um, you know, my mother wasn't. I mean, most of us are not trained that way. We've been taught our whole lives to get a good education, go to college and get a good job. That's what we've been taught. And um, I don't agree with that. I mean, I, I had to break the mold myself. I mm-hmm. mean, because I thought the same thing there again. I'm different because I, I did have college degree guys that actually worked for me and i never went to college. You know, uh, but I just happened to be good at something that was re- that, that required a college degree. You I know, I got lucky and I fell into that position. And that doesn't happen for most people. So, um, you know, I, it was a little bit of luck and a little bit of termina- determination. Because uh, I used to go and buy books at Barnes & Noble about what I did as a career because I didn't know enough. And then uh, so I'd go train myself as I worked as an, uh, an intern for another guy. And that's what I did. I spent many nights just studying. And trying to figure out what i'm doing and also i just had a natural talent for it i'm just good with numbers and mm. stuff like that so um, yeah man so i'd say uh yeah go for it but have a different niche if you're going to do a, a youtube or something like that and try to make money from it
1: that's it's a really neat point you're raising about uh, doing research giving yourself your own education putting new talents on your talent stack there because that's something that I don't think we deal with enough of, we, we don't give that enough respect in this culture that if you have, if you you can gain knowledge just by going out and doing the study, doing the research, we place too much emphasis on degrees and certifications. Like, yeah. uh, for example, if, well, if,
2: you're, go ahead. No, go, go, go I ahead. Here, gonna, to
1: uh, sure. I was just going to finish up by saying, you know, if you need somebody who knows how to do X, Y, and Z do you really want the guy who took two years to learn it, or do you want the guy who figured it out in two months?
2: Yeah, that's true. You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of in that position right now with uh, my current company. I'm I'm looking to hire an estimator uh, mm-hmm. because we're chasing bigger commercial work and it it requires a lot of time. You know, you have to look through specifications uh, from an architect and dig through many different drawings that are not paper. They're all PDF, so it just takes a long time. You know. Uh, I've done it, and I've spent hours—I mean, countless hours—and I, I just can't do that as an owner of a company. I got too much going on. So, I did hire somebody off of a, a website called Upwork, another gentleman that provides that service. And so far, he's been working out pretty good, but it's expensive, you know. And but if I was to hire a, a trained estimator that can, that went to you know, uh, whatever uh, Georgia Southern or one of these colleges that teach that uh construction management which i could but you know it's going to be a they're going to expect a huge salary and they have zero experience they have all this classroom experience but they have no real world experience so i'm not personally in a position to pay to train somebody um so it's kind of tough as a small company because uh the bigger companies that i used to work for i mean they would hire those guys all the time i mean they were uh you know they were just that was what they do. They go to recruit them. They go out to uh, Auburn University, uh, Georgia Southern, some of these bigger colleges that are, are known to teach construction management or construction estimating, and it's a four, you know, year degree type thing. And um, these guys are green as the day is long, man. They don't know anything, zero. So they're just because they went to college, they know how to uh, a little bit about the industry, but once you get in there. It's not what you spend all that money, you know, to get the education. I mean, I'll, I'm kind of like, uh, what's that guy from Dirty Jobs? I forget his name. Um, oh, man, I love that guy. I can't even think of his name. I'm sorry, man.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I don't watch this, so I'm kind of useless to help you out here.
2: Well, it's uh, Mike micro That's his name. He's, okay. he's big about promoting, you know, people going to uh, trade schools, are just going to work and learning something and getting good at it, you know, and I am too. I'm the kind of the same way, whatever that may be. I know that some of these commercials I've seen lately on TV, you're talking like, you know, Hey, um, let's, you know, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life and all this jazz. And that's, that's maybe my opinion. That's good advice, but same token, maybe you need to learn to love what you do, you know, mm-hmm. because it may not work out, you know, some things that, that, that you may love to do or, you know, like for me, I'm a, I'm an artist at heart. I mean, I'm a musician, I'm an actor. Um, and those things are, you know, they don't really pay a lot, man. I mean, some, there's guys that do make a lot of money in it, but they are like the one percentiles, man. There's not, Mm -hmm. it's not norm. I mean, just to be working in that industry is the goal as an actor or a musician. That means just making a living. That doesn't mean we're, living up in hollywood hills you know i'm and uh, i'm talking about just making a living and i make money doing acting uh makes it make good money as a musician you just play out all the time and um you know i still love it i miss it i don't miss i don't do it because of the money i, I mean i make money in my company it's a passion thing for me mm-hmm. i enjoy it. it's something and, that i like to do and that's you know?
1: great Um, one thing I've also noticed is that we seem to have this mindset in this culture that if you're going to be in construction, don't think about having an acting career. And if you're going to be an actor, you're going to be useless working with your hands. And I like the fact that there are people out there who are like, no, I can do it. Who says I can't?
2: Right. Yeah. That's the stereotypes. You know, you see that. Um, actually, I think a lot of people, whatever their real career choice is, uh, it makes them a better, Actor, in my opinion, if they're if they have the desire, because you really got to want to do this, because it's super challenging. That has a whole different conversation. But as you know, say I would say a guy that was a welder for years. I mean, he's got things that he's experienced and knows a lot about that. That a real actor maybe that needs to portray a character like him has no clue. And maybe not just a welder, but maybe just a blue collar type guy in general, because it's all the same. I mean, Mm -hmm. you have your blue collar types, and you have your your white collar finance types. And that's, you know, that pretty much sums it up. There's a lot of variables between those two groups of guys, but, um, but it actually be one, you know, I mean, it's, it's priceless. It's a lifetime of learning. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I'd go for it. I mean, anybody that wants to do something, I say, do it. If it makes sense. I mean, you only live once. So right. you don't need to do this again. It's one, one, one shot.
1: And you know, if you're only living once, do you really want to spend almost a third of your life doing something you don't want to do for somebody you don't like?
2: Yeah, um, yeah, that that's a tough one uh, because uh, I'd say eighty percent of the population is in that boat. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you know, as as being self-employed, I mean, for me, um, you know, it it becomes a bear. Lately, we've been super busy. All I would do is work. I mean, that is it, man, all day. You know, I'm, i got to go look at a job today. You know, i got, I got, you know, but, I mean, it's good. We're making good money, but my lifestyle is not, is suffering a little bit. And mm-hmm. I, I feel it. You know, I, I, I know, you know, mentally where I'm at. And it's like, damn, man, that, you know, you, it starts getting kind of heavy. But being self-employed, I can change that, you know, mm-hmm. take off to the beach or go fishing or something if I really want to. Um, you know I'm not going to lose my job over it you know so yeah I mean being self I mean having a job there's nothing wrong with it man it's nothing at all it's an easier way of life in my opinion uh, it is easier because it's self-employed you work really hard right? it never ends and I don't think it ever will end I mean even the guys that you see that are just killing it they have these you know multi-million dollar companies and they're uh, they seem to be just so well. They have a house in the beach, and they got one in the mountains. And, you know those types of guys. And but what a lot of people don't see is you know how they got there and what it takes to stay there. It's it just gets more complicated. I mean, just in my short term of things I've been doing, and as a business owner, I'm seeing it now. It's like man, it's mm-hmm. just gets harder and harder. It just but you, it, we have to grow to toughen up, you know, to be able to take these punches and not let them bring you down. You could never start from zero and go to, you know, uh, I don't know, somebody who's Warren Buffett or something, somebody who makes a lot of money, you know, mm-hmm. you mentally just couldn't take it. There's no way. <laughs> so, That's a good point. Uh, yeah, so having a job, spending a the, spending the third of your life in a career you hate, um, I'd say make a choice to change it. I mean, try. You know don't put your family in jeopardy don't do nothing stupid but i mean at the same token have a plan you know save your money that's the best advice i can give anybody is try to save some money have a little nest egg you'd be surprised what <clears throat> you save twenty, thirty thousand dollars. <throat> excuse me uh for whatever you whatever to save it that's enough to start a small business man you can make it on that now uh, just be prepared to do whatever it takes to start working immediately you know uh, and then go from there. I mean, that's exactly what I did. I had a, uh, a small business, uh, but we were not making good money. I mean, it was tough because it was a franchise mm-hmm. to the area. We used to travel. Uh, I would go out of town. Like, what we did at the time was doing um, like uh, emergency water damage restoration. Uh, you've heard of ServPro. That's like that. That's where you go out and your most of your work is insurance covered related type stuff. So like you busted pipe or something like that. So we did dryouts and, um, just didn't get a lot of work. It doesn't matter how hard the air, this, the area that we chose, which is where we live was, it wasn't a lot of, uh, policyholders for the type of insurance connections that the franchise that I was with had. So it made it kind of tough and a lot of the work that we did do was just by word of mouth and getting out and rustling up our own business but the whole point of having a franchise in the insurance related world is to have these what what you call direct repair programs so the work comes from the claims that come from the insurance company so surpro which is another franchise that does the same thing they're very successful most of the franchises are because they have a huge relationship with state farm state farm insurance in the southeast is, is, is huge everybody has state farms so anyways long story short um i was traveling uh because we'd wait for storms to come maybe a hurricane Uh, i was up in new york when the big hurricane hit long island and all that stuff i was up there working Uh, it was crazy and no power you know you couldn't get fuel every other day i mean i was living in a hotel with 12 guys and uh you know in a super jewish community we stuck out like so bad man it was crazy uh it was just I was there for over a month. Uh, went to New Orleans once. I went to uh, New New Jersey, but the last time I went to Boston, and they had uh, a bunch of ice dams that accumulated on the roofs. They had a really bad snowstorm in March of that year, and I knew that was going to be the last time I'd done this when I went. And we went up there and made a little money, and um, got caught up on all the debt that we had accumulated because we were—I mean, I had pretty much invested almost everything that I had. So I got some of that back and that's when I walked away and I took what I had accumulated after I paid back what we were indebted and that's what I went out on a limb with so and um, you know we've had some tough times uh, but we've always overcame man just always, so far we continue to grow and uh, doesn't a lot of' going stop anytime soon.
1: now somebody tells me a story like that. And I could very see them ending it with saying, yeah, I got burned once and I'm never ever going to take that kind of risk again. I'm going to get myself a job flipping burgers and put every cent I make in the bank. Mm-hmm. And yet you turn around and say, no, I'm going to step in front of that camera. I'm going to seek out some publicity. I'm going to get creative. And how does that go? How what what's how, Was it hard or was it just something you had to do?
2: As far as... Uh... As starting you, another company or are you talking oh, as about far as,
1: you know getting creative taking risks in general uh getting beyond your the, the, the skills that you had there getting into acting
2: well it's uh well the acting came in later on but from a business standpoint you know having the courage to roll the dice you know again i mean it's it's scary you know i had a I had a nice house that I built uh, on on land on on like 10 acres of land. I mean, I had children in high school. I had a lot of things that could go wrong. A lot of people depending on me. So it's a huge risk, you know, I mean, the safe bet would have been to stay with that job where I was making 80, 90,000 a year and just hate life, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that would have been the safe bet, but I've always been a risk taker, man. You know, uh, some guys are not. And if you're not, and you want to see success i'd say you probably need to learn how to roll the dice and just take a chance you know but at the same token don't put anybody in jeopardy my take was this with me rolling the dice and putting my family in jeopardy i knew i could always go back to what i used to do because i was in high demand for what i did and the economy was had already turned back around if uh, they were building again i knew i could go get a job as a matter of fact We were in Skid Row at one point. I I was at a loss. I was out of money, and we had nothing coming in. And I went and met with my old employer, uh, the senior PM, and they were ready to hire me on the spot. They wanted me to come back. They were going to send me to do a a condominium uh, project in Nashville. I was like, this sucks, man. I was like, you know, I've just failed in the business. I'm about to go live out of town, away from my family. Yeah, I'm like, damn, you know. And I just... I was all about it, and I just was something. kept told telling me, Eric, don't do it, man. You'll, you'll never be able to live with yourself. So, I didn't, and I just found, I found a way, and I just I managed to make it. I mean, there was I found some other opportunities to kind of keep us going. Um, I just got creative, started looking. You know, I mean, I was doing all kind of crazy stuff, just trying to figure out what I could do, and and I found something that worked, and uh, that got pacified me, got me past that hump, and after that moment, I knew I was going to be getting, getting out of that franchise one day soon, because there was no way I was going to make it. It just wasn't going to happen. But the acting, uh, it came along, along the way, somewhere in that hole, while this was going on towards the end, I had already started. Uh, I just started my company that I have now. My son, one of my younger sons was much younger at the time. And, he had an interest in becoming an actor. He, you know, he just wanted to check it out. He was a, really a good-looking kid, um, big into sports in high school, but he wanted to try. it. So I was like, okay. So we went and got him a a little agent and uh, had him some modeling headshots done and stuff like that. And uh, started going to classes and he he started doing background work uh, locally in Atlanta. There's a at the time they were just really starting to get going really good with projects being filmed here in Atlanta like the Vampire Diaries were new, you know, they were maybe, maybe a season or two in, and, um, Walking Dead, you know, some of these other ones that you've all, I'm sure most of your listeners have heard of. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, there was, uh, now there was a few. Anyways, him being a minor, we had to go with him. Somebody did, me and my wife. And and long story short, I was on set one day with him for a young up-and-coming director that uh, went on to do great things, by the way, but, A lot of his talent didn't show up. His background people didn't show up. So he asked me and my wife if we would fill in as a bar scene type thing. I'm like, yeah, sure. Didn't know nothing about it. So he, afterwards we did it and he just asked me if I ever done any acting. And he thought I had a good look. He he thought I had an important look is what he said. And it kind of stuck with me. And my son, he kind of got out of acting. had a few bad auditions. And I think he saw that it just wasn't for him. Mm -hmm. Glad he figured that out early on. And he, and plus, he was so busy with football; it just didn't really make sense. But I kept thinking about it, and then I went to a look at a project uh, for a, a house, um, and the guy—he, we got to talking. He mentioned something about he was from Los Angeles, and he used to—he was an actor, and he used to train at this uh, well-known place called the Beverly Hills Playhouse. And at the time, I didn't know what that meant. It sounded good. And so I started asking questions and he could tell that I was interested. So he invited me to his little local acting class that he had. He had like five or six people that would come. And so I went and I just never really looked back. I started going every week and I did for you know, a few years and I did several other workshops and uh, it was a challenge for me because I had to really learn how to take down my poker face cause I've been so ingrained my whole life just the way I was raised. And you know, a lot of guys are like this too, it's hard to, uh, you know, kind of show emotion at, when you need to. Um, and you, and it helps me as a person and as a business owner as well, when I'm doing sales or something, just to try to show what you're thinking, show what you're feeling and, and, and try, you know, try to show that <laughs> instead of just being so, you know, um, dead, you know? So, that's why I fell in love with it. it. It it just was a challenge for me. It's it's kind of like music, but different, but harder. You know, mm-hmm. very similar, the same feeling that I would get from performance and music. The same thing I would get from from acting. Does that make any sense?
1: It does make sense. Uh, you're you enjoy uh, expressing yourself. You enjoy getting out there and, and working with you, especially because in your other jobs, like you just said you don't have the freedom to use those emotions as readily as you would otherwise. You don't have the freedom to play with ideas and play with, uh, you know, possibilities and situations.
2: Yeah. Well, that's exactly right. I guess that's why. And it, you know, it helped stretch me, you know, as a person, uh, stretch my emotional capacity, (laughs) whatever you call it. Uh, So it, it's been a good thing. I mean, it's really helped me a lot. And honestly, I would suggest any up and coming, you know, business owner, YouTuber, or anybody that wants to do something where you're providing a service or even selling a product, whatever, it takes some acting classes, you know, it takes some improv classes because it will help you dramatically to look at a stranger in the eye and, and try to have a scene with them and mean what you're saying, you know, but, but not really. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. so it it really helps you grow, uh, personally, um, to where, you know, Maybe you can't get in front of a room full of people and make a speech. You know, I've done that more than once. And sometimes it can be tough and I have to remind myself, just calm down, man. Take it easy. You know, uh, it can get away from you. It can seem a little intimidating, but the more you do it, the easier it becomes. And it's no different when you're trying to sell a job to, you know, some like this other day, I met with a property management company, uh, they, they manage, I mean, I don't know. They got a few hundred properties in the southeast. Are huge. I mean, if we started a good relationship with these guys. It would be a, you know, it could be a big deal. So, but I met with the whole board. It's like six or seven of them, and I didn't. I just no problem. You know. I mean, I, I was a little nervous, but not so much that I couldn't do it. You know. So it, I think uh, the acting training definitely helps with all that kind of stuff. It really just helps you more personally. Some people have it naturally, which is, is awesome, but I'm just not one of them. <laughs> you know, so I have to really, you know, I have to work on it. And, and being an actor, an actor, it just never, the journey never, it never ends. Mm-hmm. So you're always training to become better. And some of your well-known actors that you would know, they would say the same thing. It's just a lifelong journey.
1: Probably the best example I could give is that about forty-ish years ago, there was a there was a guy. I'm, I'm trying to verify this, but the story goes there was a guy who needed his kitchen remodeled, and he called up his local handyman. Guy came over, did his work. They got the talking, and the handyman's name was Harrison Ford. Yeah. And the guy whose kitchen needed remodeling was George Lucas.
2: Wow, man. And
1: that. That was a job that paid off for him big time.
2: Yeah, I heard he started working on sets, or he was doing that, or something. A set builder, Mm -hmm. uh, and and then they were trying to audition for that role of uh, um, Han Solo, and um, you know, all all George Lucas could think about, he wanted him to give it a shot. It's what he envisioned was that guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, man, you know, it's just you never know. Um, I mean. I, don't, I never really read up on Harrison Ford's story. I mean, I, I've always loved him in the Raiders of the Lost Ark and all those other movies. And, But um, I, don't, I don't think he was really... I don't think he was pursuing acting. Not really. I think he was more of a construction guy. But I could be wrong. You know, whatever. I mean, it's... Well,
1: I, I've seen... From what I've heard from him, and I'm not, like, huge into his backstory either, but I every interview I've read with him, every story I've read about him he kind of takes the same tack with his work that you're taking with yours. It's like, it's a job, I gotta do it right, whether I'm building a table or whether I'm putting on a hat and carrying a whip. He just wants to give it everything he's got and when the day is done, he's like, okay, I'm cashing my check and I'm going home and having a beer. I mean, that's just... Yeah, that's that's that's
2: the way it is. I mean, a lot of people, when they become an actor or maybe they're thinking about it, they, they, they think all these other weird thoughts you know and Mm -hmm. you see a lot when you read up on you know mainstream hollywood or you watch these youtube videos and you get this idea of what it means to be an actor you know it's just not really accurate i mean most most 95 percent of people that are actors are people that are passionate about it they have a regular job they may work in acting somehow by doing um you know Mm -hmm. Uh, headshots or you know maybe there's some kind of something that's related to acting in some kind of way that they scrape by a living mm-hmm. but a lot of people have a regular career or whatever that may be uh, i will say me being self-employed has been you know much needed to for me to chase acting because as an actor especially in my level of the game which i'm still a you know minor leaguer <laughs> i guess i mean i I'll do some stuff. I mean, in the beginning, I'd done some crazy stuff with working with people that really didn't know what they were doing. Um, you know, we would, there was, for instance, I drove to one set one time. It was like a two-hour drive away. I had a call time in early afternoon, <clears throat> sat there all day, all night. And they almost burnt the set down, trying to get their power techniques correct. We never filmed a shot, and I was going home the next morning at 7 a.m., so if I had a job to do, there was like a job to report to, there been I mean, yeah, I mean I may have lost my job. I wouldn't have made it, you know. So, and then you never know. Uh, as an actor, you know, you audition for stuff, and then last minute you'll get a notification that that they want you to take this role, and you don't say no because I mean you'll audition a thousand times before you get one yes, you know. So if you say no, oh my schedule won't allow it. Uh, you know, you just missed a huge opportunity. I hate to say it. I, I had that happen to me not long ago. I, this is, I wasn't for it to be an actor, but it was a cool thing. I had a friend of mine. She works in, um, she's very well known in the stunt stunt, stunt car driving community here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome girl. And it's really nice. She called me on a whim. Wanted to know if there's any way possible I could come and be the stunt driver for Jason Bateman on an episode of, uh, Ozark. And, you know, I'm not into doing a lot of background stuff anymore, but to be a stunt driver, you know, you're going to, I'm going to be portray- portraying Jason Bateman. I mean, you know, I mean, how cool is that? <laughs> so, <laughs> and I would just want to, I would love to say I was on the set of that show just to be there, you know? And I had to say, no, I had a training that I could not get away from. I'd already spent all this money. I had it all set up up in Tennessee where we were going. I had the hotels. I, co- I mean, I had everything lined up for my company and I had to say, no, that was tough, man. I wish I'll never get that phone call again. And I know that and it sucks, but you know, it wouldn't have made or broke me. It was more of a personal thing. I just wanted mm-hmm. to see I was filling in for Jason Baton because he's been around so long. You know I mean? Right. It doesn't happen often, you know? So it's uh being self-employed has helped me as an actor because it allows me to have a flexible, usually a flexible schedule to allow for the crazy schedule that acting is because it is, there's always a call time, but there's never going to be a wrap time on that sheet when you get it, is it. Just be prepared to be there all day. That's the best way I'll tell every actor. You can never, your call time's at 7 a.m. Just write everything off for the whole day. You might be there till the next morning at 7 a.m.
1: Well, that is a bummer of a story, and I would feel guilty if I let us wrap up on that. So oh, yeah, let, yeah, yeah. let's <laughs> let let's talk about one thing. If you could, I mean, if you could just set your dreams on the horizon, what would be your dream role? What would you like to do if nothing else becomes an op, uh, an
0: obstacle?
2: <laughs> well, I've said this on other interviews, and it still holds true. Um, I actually. You know, Clint Eastwood is one of my favorite actors as a kid growing up watching all of his crazy westerns and, you know, The Good, Bad, and the Ugly and him playing such a badass. And I've always had a thing for Clint Eastwood. And, you know, him being a director, his films are really great. Uh, some of them have been awesome. And the most recent one um, about the uh, uh, the Olympic bombing, Olympic bombings here in Atlanta, mm mm-hmm the name of it escapes me. I forget the man's name, but it's based off the character that was being indicted for the possible bomber. Uh, I was try. I talked to my agent, but when I knew it was coming here, I was like, look, man, you know, you got to give me an audition. I don't care what it is. And they said they tried, but it never happened, you know, but I mean, it's not always up to my agent. You know, they can try, but I mean, it's not, doesn't mean they're going to do it. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: I guess I like to catch up. The ideal situation would be a movie that's directed and written by uh, Clint Wood. and maybe me and McConaughey are partners in the Texas West. Man, maybe, maybe we're a couple of bank robbers or something. You know, that would be uh, the ideal role for me.
1: Well, if I'm ever casting a movie about a Texas bank robber, I will go ahead and keep you on speed <laughs> dial. <laughs>
2: I try to get Matthew McConaughey in there, man. Me and, we're gonna be, we're gonna be sidekicks, man, because uh, he's one of my favorite actors as well.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, actually, I'm picturing you being his sidekick, but that's that's. <laughs> uh, <laughs> whatever it takes, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, how about this? Uh, where can people keep tabs on you on your adventures on the web? I don't have a
2: website as an actor, but uh, you can look me up on IMDb. Uh, The international movie database Just go there. Uh, My acting name is my full name, which is Eric James Morris. So just look for Eric James Morris. Don't look for just Eric Morris because there's another one. And that's why I have to use my full name is because of this other gentleman. He's he's been in the game for a long, long time He's a well-known coach. Mm -hmm. Um, So Eric James Morris, uh, or go to Facebook, you know, look me up. I do go by Eric Morris on Facebook, on my personal page. Or uh, my professional page is just Eric James Morris. And then Instagram, same thing, all one word, Eric James Morris. But uh, that's the best way to really just define me and see what I got going on.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to make sure all that gets into the show notes so people can keep tabs on you. And I would like to talk to you anytime, Guy. You've got a lot of great insights.
2: Well, thanks, Aaron. I appreciate you having me on. I'd love to talk to you again anytime.
1: Anytime. Thanks for being here, Betty.
2: Thank you.
0: I would like to thank Eric for being my guest today, and I would like to thank you for listening. For the community-building part of the show today, I'm going to ask this. If you know somebody who is really into exercise or walking or taking a long road trip, why not take advantage of the fact that they have a lot of time to listen to something and recommend this podcast to them? Don't forget, you can subscribe to this podcast on the platform of your choice, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, YouTube, and you can find us on Realm of the Mist, a fantastic podcast network. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.